Stop looking at me, Swan. Hello and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Mike Coffey of Coffee Custom Builds, Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks, and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find us all as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 57.2 of another shop <laughs> podcast where it's a bird, it's a plane, it's a swan. Izzy Swan is oh, here. Oh, wow, that's way better than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right. So this, okay. is, uh, this is take two. Take two, yeah. I mean, He's been working on that since Friday night. <laughs> I have been. Hey, Izzy. A lot of writing. Thanks for How joining us, man. Yes, it's always nice to join you again. <laughs> I feel like we've become close friends. Yeah, we're basically family. Definitely. It's like yeah. the, we're the Olive Garden of podcasts. Uh, when you're here, I think we've said that you'll before. You'll probably get sick we? after. Yeah, you're probably going to die Garden. later. Because <laughs> when you're here, uh, you're family. Let's, uh, let's, uh, well, I guess I should probably intro the show. This let's week's episode it. is brought to everyone by our patrons. Big thank you to the patrons. Uh, we really appreciate and love you guys for supporting us. You guys are amazing. And not just our patrons, but also everyone who listens. So we really do appreciate everything you guys do for us. Sharing the show, keeping it live in your feeds, or telling your friends about it, it means a lot to us. So big thank you to you guys. And if you're interested in joining the uh, Another Woodshop Podcast Patreon, you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash Another Woodshop Podcast and see what that's all about. You can get early access to the show, extra content. We do silly things over there. We have live reactions with Dan. Uh, we do. You get set extra stickers and swag and stuff if you wanted to support us. It's just another way to uh, help keep the show going. So big thank you to our patrons. You guys are amazing. Uh, our patrons got a little uh, something extra special this yeah, week. I guess I should probably yeah, explain. So yes. Friday, Friday, Izzy was in here with us. It's Sunday right now. We're recording a little bit late. Izzy was in here with us, and we did a live. And man, that live was awesome. Izzy was answering lots of questions, and everything was up. We we normally go about an hour. We we ended up going about an hour and a half because Izzy was answering all the questions, and people were. Uh, dropping a lot of questions so it was really cool we had a lot of good fun with that um and then we jumped into the show and then there was a technical difficulty and we lost the show about 35 minutes in so now we're back at it trying to record the show well we're not trying we're actually recording the show so <laughs> oh, we're, we're trying here, we're that's here a really ni- <clears throat> good that's a really nice way of saying izzy lost his power when he's a technical I wasn't issue throw you under the bus you are i was gonna oh, throw pete under the bus <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. That's yeah, Dan's no, a bus it was driver. it was awful. We were halfway through the podcast, maybe a little more, and the power here went out. So I was like, "Oh boy!" What's funny is your your video. The screen went dark, and that's when it froze. So like, we saw you lose power and then fr- like freeze. Yeah, and that's how you stayed for like two minutes. <laughs> we're right. like, they're like, "Oh, he's gonna be back." I'm like, "I don't know. <laughs> it's all black there." Yeah, yeah, we were. We've had this happen before. I mean, we did. We were. I was telling Izzy, but we had the show where Lefty from uh, Kevin from Lefty's Woodshop was on, <laughs> and then we got Kevin's to the very end of the show, and his computer restarted right as we were saying bye, and we lost his file. So, just These by bringing are... this up, you're going to give Kevin PTSD again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I can't. Oh well. I think <laughs> hey. the, the last time I had to cut a podcast short, my daughter had broken her arm in the middle of the podcast, Ouch. so we had to stop oh, and take her to the. Oh my take god. This. this was years ago, but it was. Wow. Right, I forget what it was, but I was like, uh. Uh, I gotta go, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, that's a very good reason for leaving. Well, uh, well, the good news is for our patrons, at least. Uh, oh yeah, we we got the half a show, and it's up on <laughs> Patreon, uh, and it made it available. That's so what I was alluding to earlier. Yep. Yes, yes. So <clears throat> patrons got so, access to that. So if you're 
if you want to be a patron, that's kind of the stuff we drop over there. So, guys, I have to be honest with you. Izzy Uh-oh. made one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard in my life. It involves a frog, and you know I don't want to spoil oh. it. But you'll have to. <laughs> Are we going to try to do that again? You'll have to check <laughs> you out Patreon. You have to to, uh, to listen to it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were you were uh, wanting to like reenact it. Oh no, no, no he's no, teasing. No. It's a tease. This is a he once in a lifetime I get, thing. I get you. I get you. I'm slow. It's early. <laughs> Just I'm only a couple sips into my coffee. Give me a break. The good news is, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to edit this thing and make it live for everyone. So yeah. I'll just make it live right away. So, but let's uh, let's jump into the show. I'm gonna we're gonna go into our what's on our bench segment. What's on my bench? So I'll throw it first to Izzy this time, and that's what I meant to do Ooh. last time, but I had some sort of seizure and threw it to Dan like a bozo. So let's do it right <laughs> this time. <laughs> Izzy, what's on your bench? Um, you have to go to Patreon to find that out. Oh, oh nice no, just <laughs> this guy's playing ball. No. I like him. <laughs> right, right. No, I'm working on a, a new kind of new kind of clamping system that's gonna yes. you know break some clamping some clamping companies' brains when they see it. Hopefully, so that'll excited. be out later this week. Um, working on a new dust collection for the Avid systems, Avid CNC systems. And you know, ten or twelve other things. <laughs> what what <laughs> but, are you doing with the dust collection on that Avid? I'm really. Or can you talk about that? I'm assuming you can. Yeah, I'm yeah, really for interested. sure. Um, well, some of you follow me know that I have a couple of Avid machines that I've kind of you know put flex. together. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, flex. You're big time weird, stuff. Weird flex. Weird flex. <laughs> weird and, flex, um, but okay. <laughs> uh, I had a interesting dust collection system on it before, where I used a second Z. Um, the thing that moves the mm-hmm. the gantry or the uh, spindle up and down. I just mm-hmm. took the spindle off of it and put my dust collection on it, which was really cool, but a very expensive way to go about dust collection. So I'm designing a system that um, most anybody can use without having to buy a second Z that performs fairly similar to what I had. So um, awesome. and uh, people with the um, with the new bigger, better, better spindle will be able to you know use this Take thing on there. On is their, that the 10.7? What is that? It's a 8.7 8. 8. Yeah, if right. you have if you have three phase. Right. So it runs yeah. off of three phase or 220, and you lose about 15% of that its capacity when it's on uh, 220 line. Yeah. Which is how I run mine. So it's probably in the realm of about a six and a half horse motor yeah, with yeah, um, right. with 220. So nice. but it's a lot better than the 2.9K they had before, which is, you know, three and a half, four horse. Yeah, I'm like weirdly imagining Izzy designing a like a third Avid CNC that just runs the dust collection. When you said like adding a second Z, I was like, is there like a hose that follows the first thing and is just like another CNC well, on top of it? Yeah, the mounting plate on the gantry. So the gantry, you know, is composes of the the gantry that goes across the whole machine, and then there's a Z up. There's a an X axis which has a single motor that moves a plate across the the gantry and then there's a second motor on it that moves this the z up and down the z is the up and down movement in a in a cnc and you put a spindle on that and that's what controls the depth and the plunge of the spindle so um you can get this you can get a z without a spindle on it and there's what's called an a port or an a axis a second another axis that you can control it from in the mock oh. software oh, that's cool so you can control it, and it's really fun because you can program it to, <laughs> like, you know, like if you move it out of the way and you raise your spindle up and you raise your dust collection up and you program it right and you push the go to home button, the dust collection comes back down to where it was, and then the spindle comes back down to where it was, and it's all timed out perfectly so they, you know, kind of work together. And 
it's you know i mean That's if cool. you like watching robots it's fun to watch yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, the but, uh um, are you super i mean you had the the smaller spindle before yes yeah, so i've had an avid now for three years yeah I sported their small spindle on a four by eight machine for almost two years, and then I got a, a five by ten. I, I purchased it. I bought a five by ten with the bigger um, spindle on it when that came out. Nice. And then, um, you know, every couple of years, I've been working with Avid for a while now. So that's you know, and they don't they don't pay for sponsorships. What they do is they'll send you a machine. Right. So every couple of years, they'll send me a, you know, every couple, three years, they'll send me a new machine. I was due for one. So they sent me a, a, a five by 12. And then I married these two things together and extended them a little bit. So now I have a 25 foot long CNC with a 23 and a half foot cutting capacity that can cut five, crazy. 62 inches wide. So it's amazing. When I got my CNC, I was like, I am never going to need to upgrade this ever in my life. This is amazing. It's huge. <laughs> And it's been six months. months. I'm six months later and I've hit the ceiling and I'm already getting the quote for the upgrade right now. Hopefully I can get that done here in the next couple months. But yeah, it's it's amazing how much CNCs open up if you utilize them properly and go more than hobbyist with them for sure. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, uh, it's really cool seeing your shop evolve for sure. Yep. I love it. I don't know. It's just cool. I love seeing, I love seeing that stuff. It's very inspiring for people who are trying to figure out their business for sure. Anyway. Yeah, and that's, you know, um, to be fair, I wouldn't put another machine in there and take up that kind of space if it wasn't a business for me. I mean, we run right. businesses off those machines. We do signs. Right. Yep. We do architectural element. We make a lot. We manufacture a lot of a par- our parts for the inventions that we, my my products that I put out there. So, I mean, these machines are not just sitting there. They're going all the time. I mean. Yeah, you're not just making coasters on them. Right. No, you know, I think our best week ever, we cut over 18,000 parts on one machine in a week. So, um, wow. that's, you know, 10 hours a day, seven days a week going, going, yep. you know, if you buy something till, like that, if you buy something like that, you got to make sure it's running as much as you possibly can have it running. So it's oh, making yeah. you every penny it can. Well, the, yeah, the, the machines. So yeah, that's, you know, there's, there's a reason behind the madness. It's not just a flex. Right. So, yeah, you don't get a twenty-five foot CNC it. to sh- to show everybody up. You get it because you're making. You need. Yeah, it. I mean, it's the size of a single car garage, just the CNC <laughs> right. by itself. So, right. you know, it's. I like, mean, if, uh, if Mike was using his to just make trays and coasters and stuff, like everyone would give him crap. He yeah, actually no, you puts don't. like <laughs> he uses a <the> whole bed. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't just buy a big CNC to to show off. It's an investment in your business for sure. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, cool. I mean, one of these CNCs is the price of a decent used truck. You know, it's not, you know, yep. and that's just one. Of, it's and that's to have it. You know, if you were yep. to go to like a Rock Tech, you know, you're looking at thirty five grand, forty grand, and it, the you one jump I'm up looking at there, is going to be more than a brand new truck for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you jump, you, you jump, you can jump up from there really quickly into the hundred thousand dollar range. You know, yeah, without crazy, <clears throat> without breaking a sweat. You know, yep. you know um, those machines have their purpose. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. good stuff. Good stuff for sure. Yeah, Pete, what's up on your bench this week, dude? I was lo- just looking at the notes of what I was doing. <laughs> the weird thing <laughs> you is, gotta refer to notes <laughs> because Friday has become like this cutoff in my brain for like what I've done this week. I just, like I do track it, and then like I just realized that I completely forgot what I did this week. It's a new week. 
I'm turning over a new... Right, you reset your brain <laughs> yeah, already? I reset my brain. <laughs> so, Fair uh, enough. I've, be, I've basically just been restoring hand planes this whole week. I, right. I restored a number three uh, Stanley Sweetheart. Um, I remember, oh man, the day I like cleaned a rust off of it and I saw that little heart on the on the blade. Super exciting. For those of you that don't know, the Sweetheart line is like the fancy line from uh, Stanley that got released way back in the day by the original owner, and now they still make them. They, they've revamped them since. Mm-hmm. Not I think, quite Mike, you got a couple, right? Yeah, I've got I've got some of them for sure. I've yeah. got that and some. I do too, house. actually. Actually, I think I have a set of their Sweetheart chisels from not too many years Ooh, ago, just nice. you know, five, five or six years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've, I've got a smoother and a jack. Yeah, this a is a smoother. Plane, yeah. And then I also had this number seven because I was I was lapping the the bottom of the plane, which means like you take a granite slab or glass, you put sandpaper on it, and then you run it back and forth till the sucker's flat. And then I made the mistake of going like, well, since I s- did this tiny number three, let me just do this number seven that's like twenty inches long and two and a half inches wide. Uh, it took me a, the whole week, about an hour or so a day of of going back and forth on the sandpaper and swapping it out to flatten this stupid thing because it was so. Um, so gnarly. I mean, it's crazy what wood can do to metal over like decades of of use. So it had like a cup in the center. You can see what um, water does to or wind it does to rock over a million years. I mean, it yeah, makes sense. Or, or you to my emotional state. Yeah, it, like right. it, it erodes. It. Yeah, in months. <laughs> so then I thin skinned. Yeah. <laughs> then I made another stupid mistake after I flattened the number seven. I go. Well, let me see all these other ones that I've restored over the last five years. And I just did like one pass on a light sandpaper and all I saw was like patches of clean. I'm like, mm. I, well, I can't put them back up now. I have to flatten all these. Could you chalk that up to metal movement? Like wood movement? <laughs> metal Is movement. That a- yes, <laughs> Dan. <laughs> it's a thing. Yes. It's metal <laughs> movement. It, it cups with the grain. <laughs> so that's the problem. Um, yes. Yeah, so- I think that might be a thing. It, you know what? It's an absolutely thing. We're going to make it a thing, Dan. All right, metal movement. <laughs> Bring awareness at Arbor Day events about <laughs> it. Um, so we, yeah, I mean, I, I flattened all of them out, got them all flat, and finally wrapped everything up, got every, the inside of the number seven and three uh, painted. And then I was tapping in the pin that allows you to twist the blade left or right. And on the last tap. What's that thing called? The frog. Judge, wink, 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 wink. Oh my god, the joke is so funny. Yeah, I'm still laughing. Um, and what I did is I missed on that last one, and I tapped the top of the frog and cracked this the cast iron right off of it. So the top of the frog is completely snapped off. It's still functional, but I'm gonna cry every time I use it now. Um, That's but such a at least bummer, I restored man. it. And uh, aside from that, I just started uh, designing some more stuff in Fusion. I'm working on currently prototyping the. Uh, Makita battery holders to hang them up because I already have the tool holder and people were nagging me about the battery and then I got to move on to rigid because apparently people use rigid tools. So can't you just put a little epoxy in that frog? When that no, make it good? I, I like was gonna like maybe solder it or something and then I had a bunch of welding buddies like yes yeah, send it to me and I'm like I've seen your welding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll, sanding I'll send it and paint make you Did the you know welder you, can you we- ain't. You can weld cast iron with clothes hangers. Like metal clothes hangers. Oh, really? What? Yeah. As a filling rod? Yeah. Awesome. My dad used to do it all. My dad was a hell of a welder, not me. So, in fact, when my dad saw me weld, he goes, I'm really good. You're glad you're good at other stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud yeah. of you, son, for all the other things you've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so glad it. you're good at other stuff. I'm yeah. such a failure. You're really uh, good, son. Uh, 
Um, but that's basically <laughs> been my week. So what about you, Dan? What are you up to this week? Well, uh, I cleaned out my corner of shame because I'm Ooh. trying to get ready for my Onefinity CNC that's coming. It should be here this coming week, which is super exciting. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, what was I'm, in that corner I'm, of shame? Just shameful things. Did you run everything my, to the dumps? I run a lot of stuff to the dump. I, I had some shelving units up there. I yeah. tore them all out. And I had a lot of people like, don't throw away those two by fours. Oh, my gosh. Those are gold on the black market right now. <laughs> But they yes. all went. They all went to the uh, the dump. I didn't I want have to deal three with them. two by fours. I'll trade you for a house. <laughs> Dan in a trench coat behind Menards, just like yo. You want a two by four? Dan, <laughs> I got some Sapelia offcuts. You want that? No? <laughs> so I uh, took care of that. Yeah, what I had over there was just stuff. You know, over over time, you just oh, kind of you don't know what to do with stuff, and you're like, I don't want to get rid of it. So you just oh, I'll just put it in the corner. You know, it's just it's just a conglomeration. Mine's of just a crap. pile of packaging was, materials. So. It's so embarrassing. Yeah, I got to get it out of my You have that shop. shame corner of packaging materials. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, Mike. I was like, "What?" I remember the first so time clean. I saw Mike's packages. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my corner of shame are all the tools I don't want anybody to know that I own. <laughs> what do you call it, Pete? So, Harbor uh, Frugé. Harbor Frugé. <laughs> Harbor Frugé. So <laughs> I got that all cleaned out finally. It's been years. And then uh, I built a CNC table to go up there. It's super solid, super flat. What do you call it, Mike? Dead nuts flat? Dead nuts flat. <laughs> Dead nuts flat. It's not a tortoise, it's not a tortoise box, but, you know. Because that, that it's takes a lot of water. It takes a lot of water. <laughs> you know, you got to fill up the... All the pockets okay, individually. <laughs> yep. yep. Izzy does a joke. Yeah, he's like, these guys yeah, are idiots. Just looking. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did that, and then last night I started on a floating desk for the basement client. Um, that has become a little bit of a challenge. I didn't even think about it. Uh, I have to mount this floating desk into like a, a cavity in his basement. You know. And he wants a very slim drawer, and I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to build this to where I can get my arm in there and screw it to the wall into a stud? And so I've come up with a system where I'm going to bolt the bottom to the to the top of the desk because I, I got a, a drawer in there, and it's going to have some undermount uh, soft close sliding draw, uh, drawer slides. So it become a whole thing. I really need to share it more on Instagram. Oh, I get what you're saying because you it's just a thin desk and you can't get your arm. Yeah, to, like, it's going to have like a two inch. <clears throat> so it's a closed bottom. It. Yeah, mm. it'll have a closed bottom. But I'm gonna I put some uh, I put some uh, threaded inserts into the into the side of it so I can remove and take off the bottom as needed. Nice dude. Hashtag what stuff. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Mike, it's what's me. What's up with you? Oh uh, well, since yesterday we had the whole day in the shop. I had my cousin over uh, doing the shop help thing. We got really. I mean that that ash table. I only have to work on the herringbone top for that now, um, and then I you're flying get, right along on that thing. Yeah, yesterday was we got a lot done. I had it all lined up. I got up early yesterday, got out to the shop, lined all the work up for me and him, and then I had a long laundry list of him stuff for him to do. So um, my cousin is extraordinarily effective when you give him a list of stuff. When he has like a like a, a list of things to do, he is very effective and he does it very well. So. He came in. He's been a really great shop help, so I really appreciate him uh, coming in there and doing that. So, uh, question: he, Yeah, how are you doing the herringbone top? 
So I'm actually doing what you suggested, and I'm going to put it. I'm doing. I, I resawed all the ash down to half inch. It's just over half inch thick, so that when it lays on the half inch ply, it's going to be just over an inch <laughs> thick. And then I'm going to flatten the whole thing on my CNC. So it's a four by four top. I'm going to lay the whole thing on my CNC, flatten it to the exact same height, and then we'll put it on top of the on top of the top. Are you going to glue it down or brad nail it, it from the bottom? It's going to be glued. I can't brad nail it because of the CNC. I don't know how I'm going to do that. So well, you I, could. I, I guess maybe after, just after you flatten Well, glue is going to be plenty for the... But what about the brad nail glue? is not going to add anything to the... The brad nail is not going to add anything to the wood glue. The wood glue is going to be It should be fine if, it's, yeah. if he's laminating it to a MDF substrate. So, They're probably that's, right, my, yeah. that's my only <laughs> thing that I can think of to do. I can't really think of anything else. Um, I'm not sure. Did Anyone you use pocket holes on the legs? No, I didn't do pocket holes. <laughs> actually, did dominoes. <laughs> I did. Do- I dominoed the whole thing together. So I'm going to do uh, the top is actually going to be um, Z clipped on. I'm trying to make it so that the thing this table weighs an absolute ton. I mean, it's so heavy. This whole thing's ash. Um, I can without the top on and just the shelves, and I myself can barely lift the wow, bottom, really? like barely. And I'm not a weak person. Like I, I was like. Me and my cousin had to. Re- oh, don't even start with me, Dan. He's got the back issues. <laughs> I think uh, everyone on this call has back issues. So the uh, I, w- I went to pick it up, and my cousin <clears throat> had to help me just to move it. So it it it's a real heavy table. So and then the next part is the thing I I just am not looking forward to is staining it. I just hate staining wood, but it is what it is. That's what the customer wants. They'll get what they want. So um, and then I got to spray spray the clear coat over that. And they want they specifically requested. Uh. Verithane American walnut for the stain, and they want an oil poly for the finish. So uh, they specifically requested those things. Yep, I offered to do a much more premium finish for no upcharge, and they said no. It's theirs. So that's fine. So, Are you going to uh, wipe it on or spray the stain? I would like to spray it, but I don't know if there's. Is that an option for the Verithane? I don't no? think you can. It's wipe on only, right? We're it's a, it's a little answer. too thick to spray. Yeah. You'd have to you'd have to really thin it out to get it yeah. to work, and then you change you actually change how it absorption rates, which would change the color. You yeah, know? yeah. One thing I was what's that <clears throat> product someone had mentioned to me? It's um, well, it's called Walnut. Kid. That's what you should have <laughs> yeah. built it out of. Well, I, well, no, that was put on the, that was offered. Yeah, no, I could have because <laughs> of my because of my competitive pricing that I can get Walnut at. I was able to, uh, anyway, I offered what? to make it out of Walnut, but they wanted to match a piece that someone had made for them a couple oh, of years okay. ago. So, uh, um, there we go. Yeah. So, and it was pine and I told them I won't do it out of pine. I refuse to. So they, uh, they went with ash and then obviously ash is a little difficult to stain. It has its issues. It takes a stain well, but it has its issues with stain. So, um, yeah, but that's what I was doing yesterday. And then, um, had some. Uh, I had a flattening job yesterday for a customer that I'd never met before. That was nice. I flattened a, a three by eight uh, walnut slab for a customer, and then um, uh, what else we got? Um, what CNC oh, yeah. do you sport, Mike? I've got a four by eight Laguna okay. Swift. So I'm. It's got the three horsepower spindle, and I've really hit the ceiling on that. Uh, that's three and that three horsepower CNC. I thought. Or that three horsepower spindle I thought would never, ever, would last me for the rest of my life. And then after five months, I was like, oh, this is going to have to be upgraded. <laughs> so I'm currently looking at upgrading right now. I'm looking at the uh, the 12 horsepower Smart Shop 2 right now. So I'm waiting no, I'm for curious, the right Are now. you hearing it bogged down or? No, like I, just, I just can't run 
the big flattening bits like I want. Like I really mm-hmm. want to big run the big flattening bits because I'm doing so much live edge stuff. I want to oh, get you. that speed down. I want to get that. I want to get that time down of flattening down. And I'm starting to get more and more requests. Like I'm doing that job with Tay Tools right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to be able to run that. I'm cutting all those those winding sticks out, and it looks like those. There's going to be a lot more of those things. And, and as I get more into like cutting bigger panels and stuff like that, I want to be as fast as I can. And since the you know. I can make it happen with my business now. I want to make it happen right now. So um, uh, I want to jump while the while the or I want to strike while the iron's hot and get that machine in my shop as soon as I can. So, but obviously that's a matter of finding a new shop first because it just won't work in my current shop. So, <clears throat> um, and then I just a lighter saw issue. <laughs> well, yeah. So this week's been kind of poop for me. Uh, usually, I typically have pretty good weeks. You know, for the most part, <laughs> sometimes it goes bad. But this week was really. Uh, really gnarly. I went out to my truck after work one night and uh, my f- tire was flat. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Monday I was working on that, that ash table and like a piece of ash, the size of a silver dollar broke off, went into the blade guard and just wreaked havoc in there while I was spinning around, Ooh. tore apart a bunch of stuff. Nothing actually physically broke, but they all came undone. And, uh, so I called support for the manufacturer of the saw and, they, because it's still under warranty for a few more years, they, they said they wouldn't walk me through how to repair it, uh, cause they want it done properly. Um, so they had me send it in, which really sucks, but supposedly they get it done in 72 hours. So we'll see what happens. Um, cause I, you know, there was a time where I thought, well, there was a time when I was designing my shop around not having a miter saw and doing everything with the track saw or with the table saw. And, um, I didn't end up going that way. And now it's kind of just become part of my workflow. So not having it kind of screws me up mentally. So, um, anyway, (laughs) it's really annoying, but it'll be back soon, hopefully. So I grabbed one from my day job. Uh, it works just fine. So it's, uh, I grabbed that and was working with that yesterday. And then I think I, I don't know if I talked about it on last week's episode, but I was flattening this huge elm slab and, uh, there was nails in it. (laughs) And I was, I was going, I was, (laughs) On one side, I, I was flattening the first side, and I hit three brad nails and then like a 16-penny framing nail, and it just shattered the carbide teeth on my flattening bit. And um, then <laughs> I flipped it over and found three more nails, and two were brad nails, and then the, one of them was a pretty decent-sized framing nail. So shattered all the teeth on my flattening bit, which was really frustrating. So I had to wait for that to come in. Luckily, I, Macbeth was able to take care of me and get it shipped to me the next day. They had some in stock, so... That was good, but um, oh, and then I sw- I I moved my website from my old host to my new host, and uh, I'm not like a webmaster, <laughs> so uh, I was trying to learn it. My friend, she was helping me a lot with the back end stuff, uh, but I had issues with my new host, and they uh, they they pointed my email in the wrong direction to their servers instead of to Google servers, and my email was down for like 24 hours apparently. So once those emails get shot out to a space a spot that doesn't exist apparently they're gone forever so hopefully i didn't miss anything from any customers because that'd be a huge huge headache and i'd feel really bad if they thought that they sent me if you're a customer and you're trying to reach out to a guy that you're going to try to do work with and you got a kickback that said this email doesn't exist you just assume he's a loser and a sham and you probably wouldn't reach back out to him so i assume if any customers reached out to me during that period i've lost them which is a huge bummer so that really bums me out um but yeah, that was uh, that was my week. Super <clears throat> duper fun. Very exciting. So sounds like yeah. your week was about fourteen days long. 
Yeah. It was a long week, uh, but it will. Uh, it'll get. It's getting better. Izzy's here. I mean, yeah. It's all going up from here. So. Um, I would have actually said the reverse of that, but all right. <laughs> just keeps getting worse. Now it's, it's all, first all it's this, all now down here. It's all downhill from here now. <laughs> you guys want to jump into some questions? Yeah, yeah let's do it. <clears throat> Should we start right. with the ones that people asked? Well, they're all or from that we people. have. Oh, we'll do we'll do the voicemails. Yeah, let's do the voicemails. Yeah. Are so we this, not people? <laughs> yeah. What the heck, Pete? It's attack. Uh, <laughs> this first question's from Nick Clay with Boundless Design. Hey guys, Nick with Boundless Designs. Good day to you. I um, have a question for you. It might be the most controversial question since the great glue talk of 2020. Um, but hey, I want to talk about clamps. I want to talk about you and me. I want to talk about all the good things and the bad things that could be. No, seriously, I want to talk about clamps. Really want your guys' opinion on what clamps to use when? We got bar clamps, we got parallel clamps, we got F clamps, we got Joe clamps, we got John clamps, we got Jane clamps. But uh, what is the right application for some of these clamps? When would you, you choose one over the other? Um, and, and just what's your thought on clamps? And uh, when do you have the great math equation of when is it that you have enough clamps? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Dan. When do you well, have enough clamps and what clamps do you use when? I mean, you have enough clamps whenever you feel comfortable about it or the moment you die, like we said in the <laughs> other show. Um, what would Pete call it? The singularity? Sing- yeah. yeah, if you have the, the right amount of clamps, the world explodes. So don't even try. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to try to move this along a little bit. Um, nice big gold, big, Pete. Big panels. <laughs> <laughs> Big panels, I always use, or I try to use, uh, parallel clamps or big pipe clamps. Smaller laminations, smaller glue-ups, I'm going to use the F-style clamps. Uh, but, you know, use what you got. I mean, there's there's really no right or wrong way to do it. It's, it's just a matter of putting force on the joint and, you know, getting the proper glue adhesion and stuff. Yep. What do you think, Is? <laughs> I don't like clamps. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It sounded like you said that you don't like clamps. I don't like clamps. That can't be right. They get in the way. They're a pain in the butt. When you hang them on your wall, you got to open up the jaw and then get them out and then use them and then clean them up and put them back and close the jaw. They're time Wait, consuming. They're. Yeah. Is he just clamps. uses CA glue for everything? No, I, I have clamps. <laughs> I hide most of them in a drawer and then my longer clamps hide underneath my workbench. Um, because uh, I'd never want to, like, you know, have to hang them and close the thing and just processes <laughs> that I don't want to do. So, um, but what to John's question, John, right? John's question. Um, Nick. Uh, Nick. Nick, sorry. So close. It's all the same. Um, it's called well, champ. You know, you know, hey. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Champ. <laughs> Buckaroo. <laughs> Buckaroo. <laughs> um, you know, Yes. Everything that Dan said is yes. You know, um, panel clamps, parallel clamps, K clamps for large glue ups, F clamps for laminations. Uh, you know, um, when I say laminations, I mean like gluing flat side to flat side, not to, yeah. you know, end to end. Um, tiny clamps for doing tiny clamping. You know, there's, there's <laughs> it's, it's a thing. And when you're doing a glue up, when you're doing a glue up, you really want to have kind of an equal spacing distance on a panel. So if you're gluing up a four foot panel, you want to, glue up every say every 12 inches so you have three clamps every 12 inches you want to keep the pressure as even as possible throughout the glue up 
Um, and you do not want to over-squeeze. That is the number one thing that people make the biggest mistake in is they just drive them down like crazy until they're Mm -hmm. denting the side of the wood. And that's just a big no-no. So, um, you know, there, I guess. Yeah, clamp until you see even squeeze out of the glue. Yeah. Really, it's about your prep work. You know, if you do the right prep work to to get a good glue up, your clamp shouldn't, you shouldn't have to, you know, just reef them down. Yeah. Right, you gotta clamp them. Yeah. In fact, I use, I'll, oftentimes I'll use green tape to do clamping. So I'll just lay out my panels, kind of push them together by hand and then tape them out, flip it over, lift up a little bit to get some glue in and push down and it gets perfect clamping pressure. You know, depending, I mean, on smaller glue ups, I'm not doing that on a tabletop, but, you know, <laughs> uh, it works. It works great. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. And I, I mean, I know everybody talks about the clamps and you'll never have enough clamps. I'm not, I'm not in that pool of woodworkers. In fact, I do everything I can to avoid buying more clamps. I have a clamping wall. I have clamping boards. I have, you know, I've done videos on all this stuff because it's just easier to do it that way than it is to have, you know, um, a bunch of individual pieces that you have to handle for a single glue up. Yep. So that's for me. And I'm, again, no judgment. This is just my, I'm not telling you guys should be, that's one thing I want to, I touched on a little bit in last talk. Because I do something a certain way does not make it the right way. Oh, no, or, no. I'm going to go to my shop and throw away all my clamps. Yeah, everyone take to, notes. <laughs> it's the new thing. When it comes to woodworking, that's the beautiful thing about woodworking or making. There's a hundred different ways to do a single thing. So really, it's the that's the beautiful thing about the making journey is, is finding what works for you and finding what you're comfortable with and developing that skill set to, to do things that work the way you need them to and that you're comfortable doing them. It's got nothing to do with... I can give you hints and tips and tricks. You can take them and do whatever the hell you want with them, you know, but it's no, no skin on my nose what you do as long as you're out there doing it. I just want to see people out there doing cool stuff, you know, um, whether you use clamps or green tape or, you know, I don't know, set your wife on top of a glue up until it dries. It's up to you. (laughs) Don't move, baby. (laughs) You can't move for 45 minutes at least. (laughs) Pete? Anyway, um, yeah, no, I agree with all that, especially the don't over clamp uh, and use the right clamp. So when we talk about which clamp is the right one to use, I mean, if you have a massive glue up or even like a larger cutting board or you're doing a tabletop, just because you have an F clamp that's, you know, 35, 40 inches long doesn't mean you should be using it. Those things tend to bow like crazy uh, over a certain distance. And especially if you're doing tops, I personally am a big fan of alternating top and bottom because people do tend to overclamp and then you start getting a little bit of bowing out. Uh, so throw a clamp on a top side to try to counteract that. Uh, and again, if all of them are just mildly tightened, just finger tight, you're going to be good. You don't have to go crazy. Uh, and you don't need that many clamps. I, I actually hate clamp storage. I think it takes up a lot of time, a lot of space for how not how infrequently we use them really because in the grand scheme of things we only use them for the glue ups for you know 24 hours at a time maybe um so i think everyone should have a good amount you know maybe four or eight of a certain size but you don't need a whole wall of them i see these shops that are just like half the wall is that and then it equal size is their lumber storage and i'm like really you need that many clamps come on buddy but mike what do you think uh you know it's kind of a hot i think we're all saying the same thing there's no like right answer for clamps. It, they all do pretty much the same thing. I mean, Except there's Izzy's ones that do. Out. 
there's there's ones that do specific jobs better than others but if you use like a huge bar clamp to do what a parallel clamp could do better it's not going to ruin your project you've seen them clamp together and you know you see these uh clamp companies sell how much clamping force they have but we all know you don't need that much clamping force i mean you just got to get that even squeeze out and then you're good to go and roll with it so uh there's no Get the clamps that help you do your job best, and then uh, whatever that is is your decision. It's personal preference. There's no, we can't tell you what you need. I mean, you you might just who knows what you're making. You could make uh, Russian stacking dolls, and you don't need clamps. So who knows what uh, <laughs> who knows what you need? I mean, if you're making cutting boards all day, if you're making cutting boards all day long, you might just need 18 inch parallel clamps and nothing else, or 12 inch parallel clamps, and that's all. I mean, you could just get by all day with that. So. Um, everyone Mike, does I just have to correct you. It's Russian nesting dolls, and they're called Matryoshka. They're called Matryoshkas. Okay, just get it right okay, next time. Listen, <laughs> come on, buddy. You're gonna insult my culture. Do it right. <laughs> I uh, meant nothing by it. Um, I apologize to your people, and uh, this great offense will be. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're all talking the same language here. So this next. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I think Emma handed it to him. <laughs> no, this is from last night from the studio. Please, please tell me you're wearing some tearaway Adidas right now. Pants. <laughs> do the Slav squat for everyone. I, I gotta um, do that. I gotta get this. This next, this next question is from uh, Kevin with Lefty's Workshop. We own his, we own his shop. Hey guys, this is Lefty from Lefty's Woodshop. I'm just calling in because I'm so excited that you have such a legend on the show tonight. I wanted to ask him (laughs) if his most exciting moment was when he bit the head off the bat on stage or when he was filming his reality show, The Osbournes. Oh, wait, wait, Izzy, not Ozzy. Anyway, in all seriousness, though, Izzy, I was wondering what your most exciting build to date was. Thanks, guys. Love you a long time. Most exciting build, build is he? Oh, well, no, that's a tough question. The one I'm always, right. the one I'm on, it's always the one I'm working on. But um, <laughs> I think of all time, we built, this is years ago, pre-YouTube. I got commissioned to build a dragon foot clawfoot tub. Oh, so clawfoot nice. tub, dragon oh. style. Nice. Out of, out of, all out of mahogany. Wow. So, um, of course, what? I took the job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it was at it, simultaneously one of the c- most coolest projects I ever did and the largest pain in the butt I, project ever. So it, that was that was probably it. We did um, we did multiple layers of it. I know did a lot of carving. That's something I have a bit of a niche for. Um, was that pre CNC as well? Yeah, long long before the CNC. Oh, so, um. <clears throat> So yeah, I'd say that was probably one of the coolest. We, it, you know, we did the same kind of thing you'd do on a canoe. We fiberglassed it and finished it so it hold water. All the stuffs. That's cool. I didn't charge anywhere near enough for it. Um, <laughs> That's not. But cool. we didn't. Typical. We didn't lose money. It's just we didn't. Right. There was none made. And there was like right. literally three and a half weeks of eight hour a day sanding for four people to get this thing right the way we wanted it. So, um, but it was. Uh, it turned out really cool. I used to have a bunch of pictures of it on file and um, one of my machines back in the day went down and this was probably, I'll say 19, dating myself, 1998. (laughs) (laughs) um, And I lost all the images and um, I have have not been able to track down the owner of it. So I haven't been able to get any more pictures of it. But 
Uh, that was probably the most exciting, you know, like I felt the most accomplishment. It's by far not the most complex or difficult project, but it's a freaking clawfoot tub made out of mahogany. Cool. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> so that it's was cool. cool. Um, we had uh, a few years back, we had a, a well, well off, um, um, in fact, he was Russian. Guy Uh-oh. want um, be careful, be careful. No, no, no. It's not. It's not bad. Um, oh, oh, okay. No, he had a very unique sense of style. We ended up making these Mork and Mindy style king sized beds out of um, out of Corian, so a lot of thermoforming and stuff. And that was a fun project. That took a lot. There was a lot of challenge. Kind of, you know, I, I tend to really enjoy the things that challenge my skill sets and my abilities. You know, that really push them. And, you know, the projects I get to learn new stuff on is always a lot of fun, too. So, nice. So, that was pretty cool. So, that's, that's right up there in the top five, I think. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't, you know, it's it's usually the thing I'm working on right now I'm the most excited about. Once it's, yeah, for me, it's not about the finished product. It never has been. It's always about the process. You know, um, once I'm done with something, I could probably just throw it in a fire pit and be okay with it. I would. I want. I want the process. the The process is what I crave. It's not the. That's product. what happened to the clawfoot mahogany tub. No, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, that was fun. Just had a yeah. fire pit inside it. Take a bath. Yeah, take a bath in it. Throw it in the fire. <laughs> but yeah, okay. Cool. That was a good well, question. Yeah. That- Kevin I really should have better answers for questions like that because that was kind that's of a good question. Me up no, it's yeah. good. That's, no, that's right. That's a crazy project. You built yeah. a, a tub out of wood. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. This next, not just question. a tub, a clawfoot tub, a dragon foot claw. Tub. Yeah. I mean, dragon without claws. a CNC, <laughs> he whittled. Can you it. imagine how big of an end mill you'd need to cut a tub on a CNC? It would, it would have to be five <laughs> axes too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next question is from Tyler Isaacs. He's got a question for Izzy. Hey, what's up, guys? Tyler here, Wooden Whiskers Trading Co. So I got a question for Izzy this week. Um, I'm a mechanical engineer, and I had a question kind of revolving around your your thought process. Um, have you ever had a situation where you've been doing a mechanical movement or maybe a gear mesh, and it's just not quite a working? Uh, have you actually had to sit down, do some hand calculations, you know, maybe do gear ratio frequency or kind of the mechanical advantage calculations? I was just curious if you ever actually had to sit down and get to that napkin sketch, the hand calcs to really drive home an idea. Look forward to hearing your uh, your thoughts and thanks, guys. Before Izzy responds, was that even English? I don't think so. <laughs> Dan just glazed over. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh. I checked out hard. yeah um yeah i i have um i think the how do i answer this question yes absolutely when especially when it comes to like mechanical advantage and gear ratios things like that if i know if i have a drill that's putting out x amount of speed or x amount of torque and i'm trying to get to that that kind of sweet spot that goldilocks spot yeah i'll sit down and figure out you know but it's basic basic stuff you know it's you know gear ratio um i don't really work with uh, the mechanical advantage stuff um yes some and when i first started now i've been doing this i've been solving problems for 30 some years you know professionally in the world so after that you know there's a you have a series of filters that are kind of in place i, I know when i want to accomplish something let's say a movement perhaps i have a bank of maybe 300 
400 different types of movements and, and, you know, mechanical devices that I store are stored in my, my brain. I have a tendency, you know, I know which one of those movements is going to work the best for that or how I can modify a movement to work the best to solve a comp, you know, an issue. Um, but as far as design and stuff like that, there's not a lot of that, not a lot of math goes on. Um, and I feel like that's kind of my superpower is that I kind of just understand how things are going to work. And, you know, I have a pretty good idea about, you know, pressures and strengths and, um, yields and failures, um, what I can get away with, what I can't get away with. And I do push the edge sometimes and where there's a question mark, but in that case, rather than sitting down and doing the math part of it, I'll just build the thing. It takes me less time to do that and see if it works. And if it, you know, if I get a fracture or a, you know, one of the shear loads is too much, I, I know that I need to beef it up. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good, that's a really good question. The answer is no, I don't do anywhere near as much math as people think I do. Um, no, nowhere near. In fact, I probably wouldn't pass high school algebra right now if I got tested. <laughs> so, so you just have a natural inclination to no, mechanical you, engineering is what you're saying. I mean, no, you, you kind of know like. Yeah. When you say natural, that's like savant stuff. I'm not a savant. I'm, I've got years and years and years experience. and years and years, like and, years, and, years and years and point. years of experience gotcha. of doing things and building things. And I have, so it wasn't always like that. You've it's, it's an acquired, it's acquired yeah, knowledge. I've always had a really good understanding of mechanical stuff by looking at it. I can understand why it does what it does and how it's working. So that, right. that is a, I, I guess my, that was the advantage I had coming into it. And that was one of the other questions that we actually kind of had asked uh, to us to ask you, which was like, what's your, what's your origin story? Like what, what has led you kind of down this path to like learn all this stuff? Like how did you go to school for any of this? Was it no. family upbringing or you just uh, kept breaking things and fixing them? That's how I learned. <laughs> right. No, as a kid, I took everything apart, you know, um, you know, Christmas presents, everything that had any kind of mechanical movement in it, I needed to know how it worked. So I would play with it for a couple hours and then I would take it apart, see how it worked. Sometimes I was successful at putting it back together. Most of the time it wasn't, but, um, yeah, I said, I've always had an interest in things in movements. I find, <laughs> I find things that move and the way they move very relaxing. It, it, um, it relaxes me. It's, um, if I want to go to sleep to sit there and watch gears mesh <laughs> so <laughs> and listen to rain, but, um, no, Someone's got to do a YouTube video of that of just different gears meshing and rain playing in the background. ASMR. Um, 7,000 yeah. views, all Izzy. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I, yeah, I come, you know, just, it, it, I also grew up way off grid, you know, I mean, 1970s back to the earth movement. Can you elaborate on that? I was really, I don't, I didn't know anything about that. I mean, what you said, you know, you grew up in a hippie house. I mean, what, can you elaborate yeah. on the off the grid life? I mean, that. Well, my dad's a, my dad's a Vietnam vet. Um, mm -hmm. and my mom is, you know, um, she's hippie all the way, you know, horse lover of the, the, the back to the earth movement, mother earth news back in the day. It's a lot different than mother <laughs> earth news today. Um, so when my dad got out of Nam, he did two tours. When dad got out of Nam, my mom was like, let's move to the great white North and, you know, up the upper peninsula of Michigan and go completely off the grid and, my dad was like, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey. So we moved up there and lived in a little camper trailer for a few months while my dad built this, um, uh, I don't even know how to say it's a shack, 
you know, he worked at a sawmill part time and they have these little cutoffs from the cans. They look like just blocks of wood, you know, six, eight, 12 inches long by, you know, eight by eight. So he'd take all those cutoffs and he built this little shack together. Like you build a brick house. He'd use cement huh. in between them and stack them all up and built wow. this wild one room shack that was maybe, I don't know, 18 by 14 feet. And, um, you know, build a little loft in there. And that's where we slept. My parents slept downstairs and we had a, a little wood burning stove and that's uh, we had a little hand pump that pump water. My dad was left-handed. So, you know, we, I like him already. Yeah. And I have a, <laughs> to this day, no one's ever beaten me at a left-handed arm wrestling competition because of that. So, but yeah, so we grew up that way, you know, no electricity, no power. We had if most of the time growing up there, we had lamps, oil lamps for lights. And then we got fancy pants and we got, um, a natural gas lighting. So I don't know if you guys, anybody even knows what that looks like anymore. It's a little wick that goes on a burner on the ceiling with a, you turn it, you light the wick and it fires up a, fires up a wick. And we used to have those light. for when, uh, when power would go out when I was growing up. Yeah. But we had power, so, so it's not the same. <laughs> so we, we grew up that way. It was kind of, um, you know, kind of a decision my parents made. And I, as a kid, that's like freaking gold. I mean, it's like camping every day of the week. Right. You know, there was a lot of work to do, a lot of, a lot of, you know, cutting wood and chores. And we had a bunch of horses and animals and that was my mom's passion. But that also meant that we had to figure out how to get things done on, you know, with minimal, you know, back in the early seventies, you're not talking about all the tools and stuff that we have today. You know, chainsaws were heavier and a lot different, and a lot less powerful <laughs> tools were a lot different. So we had to, all these things that had to be accomplished around the place that we had to get done with a very, very minimal set of, of tools. So, um, we learned to make do, you know, we always had, there was always something that we had to devise or build or invent. And, um, which I think came pretty naturally from my dad because, you know, we're, I'm a fifth generation craftsman, my grandfather, my uncle Henry, I mean, the line goes on, you know, so. And, you know, between my grandpa and Uncle Henry, half the videos I put out on YouTube today are just stuff that I learned from them. You know, um, the sawmill that I just put out, that's nothing new. That's been around since the turn of the century. I mean, 1916. I have a picture of my grandpa standing next to my, my great Uncle Henry, who was born in 1911. He's like, you know, he's like a five-year-old standing next to a sawmill that looks almost identical to the one that I just put out <laughs> on YouTube, you know, so... What's old is new. You know, of course, it was a lot of different saw in the stuff back then. But um, so, yeah, I, I pull from a lot of that stuff, a lot of that type of get or done type of personality and knowledge and skill sets that I, I, I learned growing up. And, you know, I love solving problems. And sometimes I like solving problems that people don't even know exist. And that's where I have, you know, I find something that is slightly annoying or a little bit difficult and find a better way to do it and then show people and. That's what I do. Part of it. Yeah, My channel cool. is really not about that. It's about, it's, I call it, there's three base things. Cause if you watch my YouTube channel, if anybody does, it looks like it's all over the board, but it's really not. I mean, first and foremost, I want to have fun. If I'm not having fun, I'm not freaking doing it. So I'm, I'm a little goofy. I like to go out there and have a good time. The second one is I, I like to show people how to get more out of what they've got instead of running out and buying the big next biggest, greatest thing. You probably have a tool in your arsenal that you can, you know, build a jig for or fashion some kind of fixture for to get a, a job done. And then, the, you know, the third one is just always 
think always be pro solve, you know, problem solving. Um, that's why my tagline is design, build, invent, you know, um, because those things I think are what make, make our community so special is the, their ability to get jobs done that, you know, others can't. So right on. Got to cool. be able to think on your feet for sure. And your background, yeah. I mean, your origin story, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that really, that really put you in a position to where you had, you had to think how to yeah. do everything. It was a limited, limited tool set. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I definitely have, um, I came into this, you know, making in the last three years and I definitely am fortunate to have a good tool set. And that's something for me, like, I'm like, oh man, this tool's down. Now I got to figure out how to get the stuff done. So that's good for me because I've, I got into woodworking and I have nice tools, but when I have like my miter saw go down, I'm like, oh man, this is going to ruin my whole week. But really you can get it done with so many other tools. Like you say with your table saw, you have like a million cool jigs for the table saw. You're getting people thinking. uh, And that's why we're obviously so excited to have, have you on here because you've got such a, um, really, I want to say the word unique outlook on how to take advantage of the tools you got. I mean, you can do, pretty much everything in the shop on the table saw and you've made that very clear so (laughs) i mean it's very clear (laughs) it's really neat i mean obviously the argument can be made that the tool that's made for that one job will do it can do it a little faster but it doesn't Mm. the point is is that you can get anything done with a very limited amount of tools and that's that's what's really well there's um, a sexy about your channel i mean i mean i mean obviously you were telling us that there's a lot of stuff that people don't see about your business because your yes. YouTube channel is about relatability, right? Like not a lot of people can relate to a 25-foot CNC when you're doing – pumping out large architectural jobs. It's really cool mm. to see, but everyone can relate to – well, most anyone who's doing making can relate to a, uh, a lathe on a, on a table saw. That is so cool because mm-hmm. you can – you can build that pretty quick. Like it's so, such a cool yeah, invention or such a cool idea. I mean, it's just awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's with a with a halfway decent woodworking skill set. It's an afternoon build, right? But, um, yeah, you know, and there's a time. You know, the reason I did that is there's a time variant because at one point I was making oak handles for my pallet pal way back when, and to do that on a lathe would have taken you know, I don't know, fifteen minutes a piece. And on the on the table saw, it takes uh, thirty five seconds, forty seconds, right? It's faster because. Yeah. It's just doing it faster. So, and those, you know, the physics there, I mean, there's the other thing. I, I think there's sometimes I put stuff out that makes people nervous and I get it and I understand why, but there's a, there's a basic knowledge of physics. I understand what's happening, what's going on, what's, you know, that I pull from that, you know, aren't common. So some of the things I do make people nervous, but it, in, in actuality, I'm extremely safe in a shop. I'm, you know, I still have all my fingers. Well, Almost all of them. I got a, one of my fingers caught in a chicken feeder auger when I was a teenager. Um, that was before you knew any better. So, right. <laughs> right. So, there's this. So, you know, like, for instance, turning on a table saw. I've done live demonstrations, you know, up at uh, Klingspor. And I have people come up and, like, hold the drill. I mean, completely unfixed. Well, you know, I've got a piece of wood spinning 200, 300, you know, RPM over the top of a blade that's spinning, three, you know, 3,400 RPM. And people come up and grab the drill and they're like, oh. <gasps> You expect all this torque. There isn't any. There's no right. torque because right. because it cuts faster than it spins. Well, the one one of one thing is going 300 miles the hour an hour. The other one is going thirty or you know 1300 um, per minute. Sorry, 1300 revolutions. 3400 revolutions per minute. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in actuality, each of those teeth is only taking a 30 second. You know that's right. aggressive of a 30 second chip out. 
And when you look down the turning after you've done it, the lines are all, they're almost perfectly straight. So there's really no side load on the blade. In fact, you know, there's probably, there's a lot less side load in that instance than if you're running, uh, let's say you're doing a coving operation on a table saw, you know? So it's like, you know, it's just a matter of getting out there and educating people and showing them that, Hey, this isn't as long as your, your material is secure, you know, um, there's nothing bad going to happen here. So, and that's just getting them past that fear, you know, and it's amazing. I've had people in the shop that have done it and just watching their eyeballs when they grab a hold of that drill when they're apprehensive and they're just like, <gasps> and I mean, I'm taking a four by four. <laughs> so three and a half inch, three and a half inch square, literally down to a two inch round in one single pass. And I'm doing it fairly quickly and they're holding the drill and they're just like, there's nothing. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how this works. So that's pretty um, cool. I mean, you, you've definitely, for me personally, you've, you've changed the way I thought about my tools. Cause a lot of us have this, like, I bought a new car. I'm not going to do anything to it mentality. It's the same thing with tools. Mm-hmm. Like, but there's plenty of people that buy a brand new car and then they trick it out or modify it to their needs. Mm-hmm. No one really does that with tools. And I started thinking like, Oh, if I just want to like drill a hole in the back of this, so I can hang it up somewhere more easily like that's fine it's my tool i shouldn't be thinking of resale value or something you know (laughs) being able to modify these tools is yeah think about it why would you not make something more useful if you spent exactly let's say you let's say you just dropped you know some serious coin on a well i don't know a table saw so now if i needed an infeed on that table saw and i wasn't able to add one easily why would i not just drill a couple holes in the in the uh, fence bar Mm -hmm. that i can mount it to it's not affecting the performance of it at all in fact it's it's enhancing its performance because now i have this infeed table that allows me to do tapering jigs much more carefully you know much safer if i'm tapering legs or you know i can put a bigger wider um you know crosscut sled on and i can do full-size door panels and so instead of mm-hmm. sitting over at the wide belt sander trying to trim a little off this door panel i can just drop it on my table saw and i'm done that t- you know that much faster it's so awesome yeah your infeed table is really cool i've looked at those several yes. times i need to grab that <laughs> I, super cool. I was just reminded that i need to get one of those too <laughs> yeah. by the way i saw your order dad from the other day thank you that was very that was very cool it was very cool yeah so. it solved the it solved the problem that i've been having i Mm-hmm. I have a dust collection hose that's right by my router table that I just put in, and I've been having to go up and unscrew it with a screwdriver, and I'm like, wait a minute, Izzy has the thing. So <laughs> I, I got that, that quick disconnect for the dust collector, and it's going to solve a perfect little problem. Thank you for that. It'll go out Monday when my shipping gal's back in the shop. So Sweet. I think that's <laughs> one of the things people don't get. I mean, we're I'm not Amazon. <laughs> you know, I work with a small crew, and we like... We work Monday through Friday, you know, and if I spent my weekends answering emails, I wouldn't get nothing else done. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of her thing, but, um, no, uh, yeah. And that's really what it's about for me. It's just about the solving problems and about finding solutions to things that annoy me. And if they're annoying me, they're annoying somebody else. That's just the way it works. So, um, that and building this community, you know, I, um, I got started on YouTube because. There were no woodworkers around the area. I lived in Charleston. I mean, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, a friend of mine had suggested YouTube. I was like, you mean that show that kids watch and do things on? <laughs> and now we're all on TikTok. Look so, at us. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, oh, so, how far we've fallen. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that's how that's how YouTube became a thing was I was just bored and looking to meet other woodworkers. So I, awesome. wanted, I wanted to ask, you said – 
that there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes you don't talk about or you don't show on your on your yeah. public channel. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you want to talk about that, but how I big, can talk about a little bit of it. Yeah, I mean, how I don't not specific jobs or anything, but like how big is your actual space? I mean, how how big is your operation, and how big how big is your uh, you know, how big is that? How big is that? I mean, what does that look like? What does the Izzy Swan group uh, <laughs> occupy? Well, the Izzy Swan stuff is basically what you see is what you get. You know, I got the channel, the products, the the you know the Maker's Playground app. Um, that's you know basically what you see is what you get when you start talking of getting into other things like Smart Future um, and consulting and some of the other stuff I do. Then it starts to wing out from there. You know, um, I we had in 2008 I had a very successful small furniture company, 21 employees. We were doing really good you know then 2008 hit and um at that point i was a young man spending money as fast as i was making it buying property doing all the things you know and um i did put some away but it wasn't anywhere near what i should have been doing so i learned a very hard lesson back then i had one income stream i i had my furniture business i had tried my hand at uh, plowing business um pre 2008 and found that it was just a nightmare to manage. And I don't, I don't do well at that kind of stuff. So I stopped. Um, so when 2008 hit, we went from making, you know, in today's money, very good money to, you know, losing money left and right. Yeah. Um, no, I had a great group of guys. I hung on as long as I could. We made it all the way through, you know, we think we, I finally shut my doors like it was August of 2009 when we finally just shut it down. Hate hearing that. But uh, I made good relationships in the industry and I was able to sell a lot of my designs and some of my processes and um, did some consulting that, you know, it all, it all worked out. Right. But um, at that point, I made very sure that I would never, ever again rely on a single income stream, ever. Right on. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, I have a, I have seven kids. I have a large family. I have, you know, wow, parents. seven kids. Seven. <laughs> yeah. I have busy. Yeah. <laughs> busy is he? You know, so that at that point it was, uh, it was uh, just an eye opener, you know. And I again, I have friends in corporate world and stuff that all of a sudden that income's just gone, you know. It, and yeah. nothing that, it, not it's their fault. It's just a change in the climate, a change in. Yep you know, what's popular in the world and what's not popular in the world. And, you know, new products come, new things go, um, you know, old things go. That's just the ebb and flow of, of our life. And there's anybody that's got a job working for somebody and feel secure. Um, and you know, trust me, it, it can be gone tomorrow, you know? So anyway, uh, so the income stream thing. So I started building different income streams and this was, you know, pre YouTube and, um, doing some consulting for, um, large form furniture manufacturing, um, you know, a, a, a vinyl, a sign company, a vinyl sign company. Um, you know, so I started kind of touching on all these things and whatever worked, I kept whatever didn't work. I, I put aside. So I built a little bit of a, a conglomeration of small businesses of sorts. So that's, you know, that's, what I do or what I do mostly. Um, 
obviously I spend most of my time with the Izzy Swan thing, you know, God, I hate it. Right. It sounds like I'm referring to myself in the third person. That's really, no, it's an entity. It's an entity. Yeah. Like it's a creep. So, <laughs> yeah. I see, I'm like, I'm, Izzy's creeping hold over Izzy's, here. Izzy's, Izzy's um, pretty busy right now. If you can, no, leave there's a, a reason. That'd be great. <laughs> so I really hesitated like starting the Izzy Swan thing. I mean, in fact, it used to be think woodworks. Those of you who've been following me from the beginning know it's think woodworks. Yes. And then I went, you know, I was like, all right, I got to get serious about my branding and blah, blah, blah. So I went to talk to a, like a pro branding guy and, you know, like paying him big bucks. He's like, why aren't you using Izzy Swan? That's like the most unique name ever. It's for easy. Sure. It rolls off the tongue. It's unforgettable. I was like, all right. Eight you paid a guy for him to tell you here's, to use your here's own name? $7,000. <laughs> Thanks for the help. <laughs> so. Well, that's brilliant. <laughs> and it took me a good six months to do it. I was like, I don't want to. That just well, rebranding is hard. It just yeah. sounds like well, it's conceited to me. If like I'm just oh, I'm easy as one. I feel, like, feel attacked now. Barf. <laughs> so anyway, I I succumb. I, you know, everything is now Izzy Swan. My email, you know, everything is all that. So it's just you know, it is what it is. But it's a brand. Actually, I was yeah. actually looking at a website. Um, we bought the ULR for stopthestruggle.com for um, the tools I design because most of the stuff I design is designed to stop a struggle in the shop or, you know, a process. Same branding guy. I called him up. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about moving all my products because I have a bunch more products coming out over the next couple of years and moving them off to stopthestruggle.com. He goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was like the first word out of his mouth. <laughs> He's like, leave it Izzy Swan. I'm like, oh, okay. I have no bearing on your business, but I agree with your guy 100%. <laughs> so let's uh, let's do the giveaway real quick because I got, I mean, I know me, Pete, and Dan have more questions for you, but Dan, do the, do the giveaway real quick. Yes. Uh, if you weren't aware, Izzy, we do a weekly giveaway sponsored by Macbeth Hardwood in Stockton, California. Nice. Uh, this week, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Last week, <laughs> we gave away, thanks to Macbeth. Uh, $50 gift card to Macbeth, a shirt and a hat. And if my math is correct, that was a $70,000 value. $70, because, value. Yes. Yeah, because the hat and the shirt, the prices have skyrocketed. Woodpecker hat festival shirt. Yep. Or Macbeth. Whatever. <laughs> uh, that winner was Aaron Grapp over at Ingrained in Wood. Congratulations, nice, Aaron. I've already uh, sent over your info to Rusty, and he will have that sent out very shortly. This week, thanks to Macbeth Hardwood, we are giving away... Five color species of Timbermate wood filler. Five. Nice. Eight ounce little jars. Might be the best wood filler on the planet, y'all. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it good well. stuff. It's what I've got in my shop. And uh, Rusty said it's going to be five color species of your choice. So, Ooh. I don't know how many color species they make. I assume a lot. A lot of them. Anyways, moving on. We have... I got, I got two... Uh, Izzy inspired uh, code phrases. <laughs> Number one, mechanical advantage. I just, I just like the way that sounds. <laughs> I like that too. Uh, number two, make do. Mechanical number advantage three, it is. Oh. Number three, <laughs> come on now, you haven't heard number three? Okay, okay, okay. Metal movement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sounds like it should be it. a rock band. Metal movement. Yeah, metal movement. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Metal movement. Metal movement. Metal movement with Izzy Swan. <laughs> All right. Metal movement. Just so Send we're clear, that. metal does move. 
I had a feeling it did. There's like no super joke. hot, right? No, I mean, just by itself. You don't need to really? do anything to it. See, yeah. Pete, Man, I was right. You know. I feel real dumb now. I, I was never... More dumb. I was never down here. I actually felt I may have been right because when I said that, I saw Izzy make a face and I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. I may be right there. No, it moves. You can move exponentially thousandths of an inch with heat or cooling or, you know... Interesting. Pressures, if it's not sitting flat, like you're, you were talking about your planes. Planes cut because of the way they're designed, not because they're on wood. Um, because the pressure, oh. because you're putting pressure on them, the way they're designed, the way they're, um, the way their structure is, over time, that constant pressure, of, in the, in the pressure on them will make them actually cup. It's not wear. I mean, it's a slightly a little bit of wear, but most yeah. of it you is You learned actually, me something good. So, yeah. boom. Metal <laughs> movement. Awesome. Metal Send movement. that code thing. phrase to us at awpgiveaway at gmail.com, and you will be entered into this week's Macbeth Hardwood giveaway. Back to the show. Cool. Awesome. So, I lost my little notepad. Oh, I was going to have- say this. Oh, yeah. We've got one question here uh, okay. that's, a, that's a write-in. It's from Adrian. Izzy, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Thailand. Thailand? Yeah. Nice. They said What's Ireland. The <laughs> Ireland. What's that? Like, what? I, love I thought he said Trump. Ireland. Um, <laughs> I thought he just said Island. No, Thailand. <laughs> um, it It's... The one with the tsunamis? Yeah, the Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's the reason? It never gets below 60, never gets really well. If In the northern country, never really gets over 90. Um. It's an amazing culture, beautiful, beautiful, you know, structures, pagodas, all kinds of amazing structures, steeped in history, really inexpensive to live there. I mean, a person could live like a king on two, 3,000 a month. Healthcare is better. They have better healthcare than we do here in the United States. And it's pretty hard way, to do, but okay. way, way cheaper. <laughs> What's that? Not hard That's to do, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it's just way cheaper. Um, it's yeah. beautiful. The people are incredibly friendly. It's, um, you know, one of those places where people just want to be friendly, you know, so Thailand. Man, you if, sold me. If, you know, that's being said, if, you know, I couldn't stay here because this is where, you know, I, I'm, I am, I love this country. Uh, I'm not necessarily fond of some of our structure, but I am right. the country itself, the people in it. The I was born on this dirt. I would prefer to die on this dirt. So. Well, Pete, that escalated did quickly. you have something? I have, yeah. one. I have one that's kind of deep. So I'll, I'll start speech. with the non-deep one. It's <laughs> Can you talk a little more about the Maker's Playground and tell our audience what it is? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's an app. Just like Instagram, it's actually kind of a mix between – it functions like slightly like a mix between Instagram and Facebook. It's an app for makers, uh, just like any social media app out there. You can post pictures, comment on other people's pictures, tag people, follow people, um, all this DM people all the stuff. We have a few benefits there for professional pro members. Um, if you pay nine bucks a month, you get like all the plan sets I put out. So I don't know, is there 300 set, $300 worth of plan sets on my, you can get those for free. Um, any new stuff nice. that comes out, you get that for free. Uh, you can get, um, right now or we're, we're, we haven't done anything with any, um, uh, new companies, but we typically negotiate brand deals, deals with companies to get discounts on, product from them so if you maybe get 10 or 15 percent off for being a pro member so if you buy let's say sandpaper and you were to go we used to have cling spore on there um you could go buy sandpaper from cling spore and you know 
buy a saw blade and if you go to bpa and buy a saw blade you more than pay for your monthly subscription so if you bought oh, one saw nice. blade a month you know you're you're good so we do that worth it um we you know it's 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 really this i i kind of i don't promote it much and i i did it a little bit when we first started and then i stepped away i literally just kind of pulled back and was like you know just watching and we've grown to 30,000 members almost um wow you know probably 8 to 10,000 regular members that are posting all the time and you know others that you know the rest just poke their heads in the door from time to Boyers. time uh, when we first started, we were doing build offs and stuff and challenges, and we're gonna we'll be bringing that back later this year. I actually have to hire somebody full time to come in and manage that for me because it's become one of those things that just takes way more time than I have to commit to it. Right. So I found somebody who she's just freaking amazing. So she'll be on board helping out with that in a few months, and we'll go back to doing build offs and giveaways and doing some more promotions, bringing in some brands to help kind of fund it. So quick question. Yeah. Somebody, the, somebody you found to help out with the app. Mm -hmm. Is that somebody that you found through the maker community itself? Yes. Interesting. Yes. A lot of resources in the maker community. I like it. Yeah. It's top secret right now. So, but you guys, so, but yeah, um, (laughs) most people I I work with, I come across are all from the maker community. Um, there's an interesting network thing that happens. So for you guys who are in the maker community and are just, you know, enjoying it, well, it's also an amazing networking opportunity for many things for knowledge. I mean, just the skill set and, and, and knowledge base alone that you have access to people pay companies pay huge amounts of money to have that kind of access to people with those kind of skill sets and knowledge. So just that benefit alone, you know, makes it worth the time and energy that you put into it. Um, you know, the networking side of it is you have the ability to reach out to people who are engineers, who are 3d modelers, who are furniture builders, who are finishers, who are in every aspect of, you know, um, construction or making things. And so there's, there's that there, there, you know, the, the trick is knowing who to reach out to. You can go onto a public forum and ask a question and 75 people are going to answer it and give you 75 different answers. But if you go to like makers playgrounds, for instance, you're going to get three people answering it and they're all going to be the right answer. You know, it just depends on where that inform, you know, don't, if you go into a very public place and answer a question, you're going to get a lot of different answers. But if you go to people with that skill set and ask them directly, you're going to get the right answer and not have to suss through all the information. So, um, so yeah, you have this amazing network just right in front of you. That network can be used to expand your knowledge, expand your businesses, do all kinds of fun things. And you know, if you're not using it for that, <clears throat> I'll just stop there. I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> can you find can you find the Maker's Playground on the iPhone App Store or the Google Play, Play? Store? Yeah, it's on both Android and 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 Apple. We were off of Apple for about a month and a half. I was fighting with Apple for a while, but we finally, oh, that's right. Yeah, we finally got that sorted out. It literally was got back up. I think like Wednesday last week. So. Um, my dog is growling at me. Yeah. So they're both, okay. they're both there. Um, you know, uh, Boom. I can't say, cool. I can't say enough I'm good about it right it. now. You're not right. You're not the thing. The thing that reason, one of the biggest reasons I started is because of all the other things that you see on Instagram and Facebook and all these other places that are just 
like, I don't want to see it. I don't care about your political leanings. If you're a maker and right. you're cool, yes. I want to hang out with you, <laughs> you know, I don't care. Amen. I don't care what your opinions are about, you know, certain things in the world. If you're a maker, Hey, I want to hang out with you, you know, let's build something cool. So that Love was one it. of the reasons that we started Maker's Playground. Um, and there's none of that there. It is all maker all day, all day long. And they've actually gotten pretty good at self-governing. Some Every once in a while, somebody will poke their head in the door and say something silly. And it's not a good idea because the rest of them will gang up on you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like it. Good mob mentality. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so, I need a good mob. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's every, from every walk of life, from every skill set from every level of, of that, of, of, um, you know, from beginner to expert on there. So, and it's, it's just really cool to see. But, That's awesome. So thank you for asking about that. I really don't yeah. do a good enough job of talking. No, about we'll, that uh, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. Thank you. Guys. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask about your, you know, your spine disorder. Yeah. Not so much the, not so much what it is, or I wanted to know like how, what was like your big takeaway from that experience? What did what did one when you got to the other side of that? I mean, obviously you're still you're still dealing with it, but you had your surgery mm-hmm. and you went from being. I mean, I remember seeing that video. The video, you know, I have I, I've been keeping something from you or whatever you yep. titled it. I've been hiding something. I remember from seeing you, that yeah. video and being like, "Holy sh! I mean, yeah. Wow! I did not. You did such a good job hiding that. Yeah. Um, it was very shocking seeing yeah. you getting up from the wheelchair into the walker and um. And I remember being at WorkbenchCon and Dan and I were talking. I mean, you came up, we were thinking, man, that's crazy what happened to Izzy. It's just, and then you, I can't remember, did you just have surgery or were you Five just weeks. about to have surgery? Five weeks yeah, before just, WorkBench, I had surgery. Yeah, I remember yeah. thinking, man, he is moving around. Yeah, well. and it's just like, yeah. I, I, it was a, that one, that's amazing. It was, uh, the, the change was so fast. But what, what did you, I mean, I know you, when you have experiences like this in your life, you kind of, it kind of puts things into perspective. I mean, what happened, mm-hmm. what did it do to you mentally? Well, this is my, th- that was my third back surgery guys. Not my first. Right. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I have a degenerative <laughs> disorder that will continue to make my spine worse. And I will eventually only be able to use a wheelchair. That's not a right. question mark. That's a time wow. thing. Um, so going from, that was the first time I'd been stuck in a wheelchair for almost a year and a half. Uh, I can still, you guys, obviously you saw, I could still stand up for moments. I could still put the walker aside for a little bit, but the, um, the sciatica and the other things that were complications would make it very uncomfortable. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it got to a point there where I made that video where I was able, prior to that, I was able to, for three or four minutes at a time, I could kind of set that stuff aside. And I actually would take a few steps towards the camera to kind of make to emulate movement. Um, and it was, it was just me lying to you guys. You know, I was just like, I was not willing to, to, it was one of those things I just wasn't willing to put out there and be like, you know, accept defeat kind of a thing. And it got to a point where I could no longer do that. And if I wanted to keep making videos, I'm going to have to do this from a wheelchair have to. So I, that's when I came to and said, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, and being in a chair for a year and a half, um, anybody, and you know, that's nothing compared to people who are never getting out. You know, it, right. there's, it gives yeah. you a very small glimpse of the life that some people lead every day. And, um, for me, the, the difficult part was I like to move fast. I don't, I, I don't do things slowly. I I'm a hundred miles an hour all the time. Yeah. 
And um, it made me kind of stop and slow down a little bit, which had some benefits to it. But it was, you know, you can't take anybody, not not me, any anyone in particular who's capable and has been doing things their whole life. I was a power lifter for 20 years, um, all these things. And then all of a sudden take that all away from them. And them not to have mental struggles. I mean, there were some definite yeah. struggles. Obviously, you don't put those kind of things out in the world on 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 social media. I mean, some people do. It's not. It's just something I choose not to do. Right. Um, I'm not. I don't share struggles. I'm I'm there to uplift and to educate and to have fun. I'm not there to share my struggles with the world. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you can't go through something like that without having them. There are there are some pretty devastating points that you know I, where you saw that I didn't put a video out for a couple of months because I, I was emotionally a wreck, you know. Right. Um, but you deal with those things, you know. I think that's the one thing I learned long time ago. Um, mostly, you know, we've got a lot of tragedies in our family, unfortunately, and we learned a long time ago that the best option isn't to try and not feel it. The best option is to just let yourself feel whatever it is you're yep, going work through. through it. Not hide it, not, you know, not try to battle it, just accept it, feel it, and then realize that it's not going to last forever and then move on, you know, and you know, that it changes you, it changes your, your attitude, your, your everything, but you can't, if you have no control over it, you accept it, you, and then let it just not to sound like, um, you know, a philosopher or anything, but just kind of let it overcome you. And until you can deal with it and, and then you move on and you do the best you can. So, you know, and that's always, that's always been, you know, from a young age, that's kind of been my, my thing. I'm just, I'm going to feel this and it sucks and it's just part of my existence. And once I, you know, have a better handle on this, I'll get back to doing me. So. Right on. It, it's just like anything. It's your body. In your mind, working, th- you have to work through it. If you don't let yourself mm-hmm. work through it, you'll never get through it. It's like, uh, it's like when you when you're sick and you need some sleep. You just got to let yourself sleep. When you're feeling something, you got to let yourself feel it, or you're just yep. never going to get past that. So yep. that was kind of what I wanted to was was asking. I mean, it's it's yeah, that's a huge life changing like cornerstone moment. I mean, we all have different ones in our lives, but that's one mm-hmm. that not a lot of people get to experience. So I wanted to yeah. hear that. So I did find you, that. you know there are a lot of challenges when you're working <clears> from a chair. A lot. I, and I, I very seriously thought about not getting an electric chair and just do the two, you know, doing the two wheelchair, um, just to keep the exercise going and stuff. But I, with the, with, at least with an electric chair, you can grab things and move them around. You don't have both hands full. Um, and you know, it was, was one of those decisions that I'm glad I made that one because it made continuing to do some woodworking a little bit easier, you know? So I was able to still do a few things and, there were smaller projects or at least if they were large projects, they were projects made up of smaller components. So I could build those smaller components and then, you know, extend them. So, you know, that was just, it, it changes what you do. It changes how you do it. And it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means it it's different now. So, yeah, but yeah, yeah you it have was just, and, and um, I still am. I, I can no longer pick up a 400 pound log and drop it on a, on a sawmill. You know, I used <laughs> to be able to do that. Um, That's- so now it's, you know, um, and my days aren't as long as they used to be. I could spend 16 hours on my feet every day. I can't come anywhere near that now, you know, so. Um, and, I feel you there. You know, yeah. I'm, 
there was for a while there hope that I might be able to actually get back in the gym a little bit. Right now, my doc's saying, don't hold your breath because of some other issues yeah. that have come up. So, you know, we just we just deal. We just keep moving forward. Well, at least the good thing is you've built up your business and, and everything around you to a point where you do have a support system. You do have, you know, obviously a family, but you also have a team working with you. Yep. So you don't have to lift everything. You don't have to build everything. You can kind of, not that you're not really one to sit back and like watch people do stuff while you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but like, <laughs> but at least you can be like, you can okay, delegate a little here's bit. my vision. Mm-hmm. Can you just put that on that? Uh, you know, so you can still be involved, but yeah. at least you built up a support system. Because imagine if you're just solo guy in a shop, you know, if you haven't built this Izzy empire around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you're setting yourself up for success, which is really good to see. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I, I don't i shouldn't i should think about it more like that um but yeah you know I, eventually what i would really like to do i mean and you know is is teach more you know it's maker's playground was actually really the brick and mortar thing and the, and the app as well as it's kind of a way to you know um, teach some skill sets and, and bring people in and then right right about the time we were getting ready to start classes COVID hit so Mm. You know, but I think eventually we will bring people back in and we'll teach everything from, you know, 3D modeling to CNC right down to, you know, Windsor chair technology, working with hand tools, maybe some carving classes, you know, whatever, you know, just getting people to get there, you know, and I really want to focus on people who are new, you know, I mean, I, I like that to be the biggest focus. Now, obviously not the only, but just show them the joy of taking something raw and crafting it with their own two hands. And at the end of this, there's this thing, they have this thought, this idea, this want, and then they take action. And at the end of that action is this, this thing that they can say, I made this, I didn't go to Walmart or buy this off of Amazon. I made this. Yep. Right. I don't think there was a more good. Sorry. No, you're fine. I was going to say, I don't think there was a more exciting time in my life when I first, than when I first found woodworking mm-hmm. and the excitement. I think per, prior to it, I would never even thought about making something for myself. And the ex, and when I find people that are, because I'm, I'm really new to it, really. I mean, I've only got like three, three and a half years into woodworking and it's just taken over my life. I just love it so much. And whenever mm-hmm. I meet people who are in that same spot, I get so excited for them because they're about to find something that makes their life so much better. And it's not just woodworking. It's any, it's any of these crafts crafts craftsman style or handcrafted type making things it's just when you find someone who finds a passion you just want to like nurture that like a little baby chick mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to help you want to help them find that that uh that path for them it's just so exciting it's i don't know it's yeah they're working so much it's just so great there's a lot of things in this world that you can do but there are nothing there is nothing quite so rewarding as um getting your hands dirty and, and yeah. taking this whatever it is and crafting it and molding it and, and um turning it into something that makes your life better. Oh yeah. I, there's I a, can't wait to get in the shop today. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah. I'm all like I'm all like motivated to get in there now. <laughs> yeah. There's a every victory dance at the end of every project and it's you know, maybe it's only yeah, in yeah, your heart, is. but it's there. <clears throat> no, oh no, it's sure. out. It's a sense of pride. <laughs> yeah. I do like 10, 15 stories uh on instagram whenever i finish anything i'm so excited we get it that's very cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a very very invigorating thing mm-hmm. i don't know if i got more questions but i think we should probably i mean we're pretty deep into this thing i don't want to hold up anymore i don't pete's probably got him we should probably wrap this thing up i think um yeah. 
I mean, it's, up, uh, it's up to you. We're about an hour and a half, and we don't want to keep going. As much as I'd like to either. keep going, I'm going to have to Yeah, I, I think yeah. the problem is we can keep going for a long time. So, Izzy, thank you so very much for not only coming so on the much. show, but for coming back again to be on the show with us so we oh, can get my this pleasure. thing out. Thank really you for appreciate having it, me. man. Yeah, it was so great. Really great so. talking to you. Um, big thanks to all of our patrons. You guys are amazing. Big thank you to everyone who isn't a patron and who listens and, and shares the show. Guys, please, please keep sharing the show. That's how we grow this thing. Uh, the last year has been incredible. You guys are amazing. Thank you for supporting us so much. We really appreciate you. Uh, keep listening and keep sharing the show. That helps us a lot. We don't know if reviews help, but they might. So if you give us some reviews, that'd be really good they too. Do. We, we think they help. We don't know. Who knows? They help my ego. Yeah, they help us, help us feel good about ourselves. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> get those reviews out there. Uh, but really, just keep sharing the show like you guys do. Sharing it in your stories and your feeds, talking about it with your friends. We uh, are incredibly grateful that you guys do that. So um, what else we got? Is that it? I can't remember. My mind's blanking. Oh, check out Maker's Playground. Check out Izzy's YouTube. Check out Izzy's Instagram. Check out his TikTok. Check out all his stuff. Check out all the Izzy stuff. You can. Izzy is a great. I think Izzy does a bunch of booty dances on his TikTok. (laughs) He does. Go check that out. (laughs) Not not yet, but I'm seriously considering it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that underwear sponsor. (laughs) Ooh, nice. You hear that, Fruit and Loom? Let's go. Fruit and Loom? <laughs> yeah. Fruit and Loom? Well, you ruined that. You ruined that one, Pete. <laughs> Fruit and Loom. That's the uh, knockoff brand, Fruit and Loom. No. I don't know. It's the Harbor Freight underwear brand. <laughs> Harbor Freight. So I'm not going to do anything bad to you guys now, but after you get off the, the podcast, I want you to stop for a moment and think about the name Fruit of the Loom. No, I don't want to. Just think about that for a minute. And, and, you know, it's a little naughty. Afterwards. Not right now. We're going to say goodbye right now. Guys, thank you so right, much. For, thank okay, you so, bye, so much for now, having bye. me. It was fun. Let's get out of here. All right. Let's Fruit of the loom. Bye, guys. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Izzy. Love thank you long you. time. Bye. Bye-bye.